What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the First in Tech podcast. I'm your host, technician sports editor Camden Spate. I'm assistant sports editor Jay Cacavaro. I'm assistant sports editor Nicholas Schnecker. And I'm staff writer Tristan Tucker. So we got uh, Tristan on here today, his uh, podcast debut. He went to the Mount Olive exhibition game, knows a whole lot about basketball. We'll be covering some NC State for us so far, or uh, you know, in the future this year. So glad to have Tristan on to give a, a fourth opinion on this red edition podcast. Our red paper for men's and women's basketball comes out on Thursday. So make sure everyone on campus picks that up and looks at all of our content on Twitter at Tech Sports and online, technicianonline.com. For everything basketball, very, very excited for both men's and women's basketball this season. And that's exactly what we're going to get into. First, we're going to get into men's basketball. We're going to start there. Um, NC State beat Mount Olive 113-73 to in the exhibition game. No surprise, Markel Johnson leads the team. Yeah, 26 points, I believe. Yep. Yeah. And... Right behind him was C.J. Bryce and Devin Daniels with 20 each. Pat Andre came on pretty strong in the second half, had 17. Um, a lot of a lot of new faces here for NC State, a lot of returners as well. It, I think it's going to be a really interesting year. So, um, you know, any real comments on that Mount Olive game? I think one thing I, I'm kind of looking at is Mount Olive did score like 73 points. And, you know, it's exhibition games, like, whatever. But I think in last year's exhibition game, it was, like, 40 points. And I'm not sure who we played or the comparison between those teams. But it seemed like NC State's defense might not have been, you know, real sharp in the first game. I never put stock in exhibition games. I mean, that's just how yeah. it is. It doesn't matter what sport it is. Like, NC State men's soccer beat UNC in the exhibition game. Don't put any stock in that. I just don't think exhibition games are important. They were outscoring us for a little bit in the second half. But, again... um, they they were sitting some players. NC State was sitting some players due to uh, injury precautions. I think Devin Daniels had a bruise um, and didn't play for a little while. Um, I know Braxton Beverly didn't play for a little while. Um, Jericho Hellums also went down for a little bit. Um, nothing too serious out of any of those. But the the defense, I think they were just kind of being slack for a while. Um, and you kind of saw a multitude of players scoring. And I think the thing to take away from this team is going to be the offensive side rather than the defensive side. Yeah. What I was most impressed by and what I want to see more out of him this year is Markel, he shot 12 free throws. And that's good because his game is best when he's attacking, drawing fouls, and it sets up his three-point shooting. When he's settling for the outside shot, that's usually when he's at his least efficient, which, I mean, obviously. But... I think last year, I think he averaged a very low number of free throws attempted per game. If he's getting to the line consistently, that opens up so much in his game because it means you got to respect you got to respect him slashing, him driving to the rim, and he mm. can he can make plays for others. So if you have to sag off and if he gets space to drive, he can finish over you if he wants, or he can kick out to the abundance of shooters that NC State has now, especially with Pat Andre. He hit three threes. Um, I, I think if if Markel's driving to the rim, drawing fouls like drawing contact, I think that opens up his game so much. So based on your point there about free throws, he attempted 79 last year. 2.4 per game. 33, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. just not, not – you don't all. want that out of your starting point guard. No, he, not at and all. And he made 11 of 12 in, in the exhibition game, yeah. and that's that's awesome. One thing know? I also saw from him, and especially in the first half, I know he finished 3 of 7 yep. uh, for the game. But in the first half, he was 3 of 4, and he was taking some really, really, really smooth shots, and they were sinking. Um 
he was just very confident. And last year, like you mentioned, he, he definitely settled for some three-point shots, but he looks so much more refined in his offensive game and even defensive game. He finished with six steals in that game. And and I think that's huge for Markel because he's not the best defender because mm-hmm. he's kind of undersized, but he's lightning quick. And if he can jump those passing lanes, if he can get the deflections, I think that makes the defense so much better, especially when he's playing next to Braxton Beverly. Mm-hmm. When they're sharing the backcourt together, Markel's got to step up defensively because Braxton just is a very poor defender, mostly because of his size. Like your ceiling is very limited when you're five foot nine. Mm-hmm. But if Markel's defense steps up this year, and again, it's Mount Olive, so let's not get ahead of ourselves. But if his defense takes another step too, I mean, he, he could easily be one of the best point guards in ACC if he's not already. Maybe the country, depending on how, like if Keats can keep him under control on the court. Easily. He's 10th all-time in assists for NC State. He's going to surpass that a lot, and yeah. he's going to get a lot more pick-and-roll action this season um, when you have a true center. Um, and Manny Bates, someone who also really, really impressed me. Four blocks. I don't think all of them were recorded, but he had four blocks in the first half in 10 minutes of play, four blocks. Yeah, I remember, um, I, I heard all the time last year, never saw Manny Bates play, obviously, but yeah. heard so much, best shot blocker, I, blocker Kevin Keats my, has ever yeah. seen. I don't know why, but my sweet mates seem to be obsessed with Manny Bates, and it was because they saw him hitting threes before a game last year. So I guess people have been high on Manny Bates for a little bit, at least... I'm not, people I know. I'm not sure if he'll even attempt a three this year. Probably yeah, not. Probably not. No. Yeah, that that would be wild. Um, another thing I was really impressed by is Devin Daniels six for seven. I mean, yeah. he is not an efficient scorer by no. any means. No, no. Uh, and if and again, like I said, we got to take this all with a grain of salt because it is Mount Olive. It is an exhibition game. But if if he's even semi efficient, that's great because he's. I, I would make the case that he's probably their best on ball defender. Devin yeah. Daniels is yeah. now, now that Blake Harris is gone. Definitely. Yeah. And, and if he can have that efficient game, again, he's not going to shoot six or seven from the field every game. But he also got to the free throw line, shot 10 free throws as well. Yeah. If And, and I think he, he showed flashes last year where he was awesome, like the Boston College game where he double-doubled um, in that overtime win. And that's the thing. Last year, he was he was at points he was out of control. Yeah. Like there were points where he just he wasn't playing within himself. He was trying to do too much. He was throwing yeah. it out of bounds. He was throwing up shots that don't need to be taken. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, he, I mean, six for seven is efficient. If he can continue to do that and be another weapon besides Markel and besides Pat Andre and besides, you know, C.J. Bryce, then that, that's a huge asset for this team. His shot looked completely refined, by the way. It looked revamped. His it, mechanics were a little looked, weird last year. It looked really different, and it looked a lot better. All, all six of those shots he made were, were clean. It and going, wasn't and going back right to Markel, he had nine assists in that game. And I remember going into last season, it was... Markel is going to have to score more and Keats told him he's going to have to score more. You know, he had a lot of assists the year before, but coming into last season, Keats was challenging him to take more shots and to put up more points. And, you know, especially toward the, toward the end of the season, that's exactly what he did. So I would expect the same thing. And, but to see both the point total and the assist total at that high, even in an exhibition game, I think that's really telling of maybe what's to come for this team. And speaking of assists, something that was not, part of his game at all last year playmaking cj bryce six assists yeah. that he yeah. he did not create for others at all last year and it wasn't his role but it because he is a guard but he's 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 very he, he's a he's definitely a wing in that like he he can easily line up at the three in mm-hmm. that lineup 
But if, if he's making plays, I, I don't know how – obviously, he's probably not going to average six yeah, assists I'm, per, se- per I'm not game. reading too much into that right now because um, with Beverly sitting and no Blake Harris, um, Devin Daniels and C.J. Bryce were the ones bringing the ball up the court yeah. a lot of the time. Uh, Daniels, especially late in the game. So I'm not uh, – C.J. Bryce looked better as a passer, I'll admit, but I'm not reading into it too much just yet because he was bringing the ball up the court a good amount of the time it was mostly Devin but yeah. CJ did too. and and CJ led the team in minutes in that game with 32 and I mean honestly for an exhibition game 32 is quite a bit of time and to see Markel and, and Daniels at 27 and then Pat Andre at 26 after that but I mean it's probably just you know not wanting to overwork Markel because we had games last year where Markel would play like 34 minutes or something like that and, I mean, so he had an injury for a good chunk of last season, too. You have to remember that. He's went out for a while. Yeah, that back injury against yeah. Pitt. Yeah, that you don't, scary fall, too. Yeah, that was, could have no, been I a was, lot worse. Yeah, I was out of that game, and that was probably five or maybe 15, 20 feet from where we were sitting on press row. I mean, it did not look good at all. Yeah, that was, so that was terrible. So I think you don't want to risk anything in a game that literally doesn't matter. One thing I, I want to ask Tristan, because Tristan was at this game, covered it. How did Pat Andre look in the system? Because he's going to be a big part. He, he They didn't have a big man that could shoot yeah. last year. Um, How, how's he looking? So in the first half, he looked pretty rough. His shots weren't falling, but he was taking good shots. Um, part of the reason he looked kind of rough was because they were playing him in the middle a lot. Uh, Danny Dixon played there a little bit, but when they subbed him and, and Bates wasn't on the court, they had Pat Andre lining up in, in the middle, um, which I didn't totally get, but I think he was just kind of experimenting right. like the CJ and Devin bringing the ball up the court. But in the second half, he looked like a man on a mission. Uh, his shooting stroke is is really great. Um, he was taking really smart shots. He hit three straight threes, I think. Um, he looked really, really good um, in the second half. First half, not so much, but I think once he got focused and once he got into the the groove of things, he looked a lot better. A player I'm interested to see how his role expands is Jericho Helms. Played yeah. eight, uh, almost nine minutes, um, one for four, three points, two assists. Yeah. Didn't seem to play a whole lot. I'm not sure whether that was by design or you know. He got he got pulled out. Um, okay. He had a shoulder injury before the game. Not anything severe. Um, but Keats said something along the lines of. If they even looked like they were, yeah, hurting. he said if they sneeze the wrong yeah, way, yeah, they sneeze the wrong out. way, right. yeah, he's gonna I, pull them out. And so he he set him for the entire second half. That's why uh, Andre uh, started. Right. That makes sense. Helms impressed me a lot last year. I covered a lot of basketball games like through the kind of Christmas period, if you want to call it that, yeah. where pretty much everyone else on our staff went home for break, and I live in Raleigh, so I covered a lot of games, and he really impressed me actually. It was the same type of thing you see with a lot of younger players where it's you see the talent, but the talent doesn't necessarily manifest itself in mm-hmm. the best way. Yeah, I think he's very much someone like that where he gets a little bit more time, gets a little more experience. He's going to be very good for us. I think it's that kind of situation. I'm his game grows. Um, he still looked mentally um, a little shaky. Yeah. Um, in the, I know it's exhibition. He was taking some... <laughs> Really ridiculous shots, very uh, reminiscent of last season, um, some of the shot selection he had. Um, and that'll just come with time. I mean, that's one of those things yeah. that just takes time. Yeah, most definitely. Want to get into predictions? Uh, no, a little bit more about the players because there's so many new faces here. Um, we obviously didn't see Darion Sebron mm-hmm. um, in the exhibition game. Keith said that he rolled his ankle in practice. Not doesn't really seem it's that severe. I'm not sure how long he'll be out. It seemed like he might miss a little bit of time. Yeah. Um, and we haven't seen him in a game, but it'll be really interesting to see how he comes in. 
Um, really athletic guard. He's six seven. He's my X factor for the team this year. You think so? Yeah, I think he can come in and really energize the team. He's not going to be somebody that's going to put up a lot of numbers per se, but he's definitely a hustle guy. And like you mentioned, the athleticism is definitely there. I'm worried a little bit about the injury and how long he'll be held out. Um, Keats, even though the injury didn't sound very severe, he didn't seem completely optimistic about everything. He didn't have a timetable or anything. Um, and, and he was in a boot. Yeah, I was going to say, he's been yeah. in a walking boot, which yeah. you don't just wear that for fun. No, no, definitely Walking boots not. are not fun. Yeah. Then again, Bates was in a brace walking around campus um, uh, just a few weeks ago. So Yeah, he was in a full sling. I remember seeing yeah. him a couple of times. Yeah. yeah, so I don't know. I'm not a medical person by any means, but I don't know. The boot could mean anything. It could mean, it could mean a lot two of two weeks, things, or it so. could mean like yeah. three months. I know sometimes I have you in a boot for a sprain. Sometimes it's yeah. just a strap. It's just a it's just a big brace, basically. Yeah. So it could be nothing, ho- really. Definitely hoping he's okay, though. Like I mentioned, he's my X factor. He's he's gonna bring a lot of energy off the team. So looking at the ACC, um, Duke is predicted to finish first in these preseason rankings. Then you got North Carolina, Louisville, Virginia. None of those are really shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, Virginia might take a little bit of a step back from their national championship yeah. team. Uh, Louisville has gotten pretty good. And then it's Florida State, NC State, Notre Dame. NC State coming in at number six. I think that's probably about where I expected. I was thinking between that five and seven range. Yeah. And so that'll be really interesting to see how that turns out. You know, I think there's a lot of potential for this team here. And um, you look at the rest of these preseason, you know, rankings and stuff. But Markel Johnson was second team all ACC preseason. He actually had 39 votes and he was the highest on that second team. Next highest was um, was 19 Vernon Carey Jr. from Duke. So obviously he's being recognized at an at a national level, at ACC level. He also got one vote for a preseason ACC player of the year. So you know, a lot of a lot of good things to come out of Markel Johnson. A lot of good things to say about what his season could be. Um, so let's go ahead and get into these predictions. These will are in um, me and Nicholas and Jake have our own articles coming out on Thursday for women's and men's predictions. Yep. So those are also our predictions here. And then Tristan's going to be adding in what he thinks from his. So we're going to start with um, men's ACC record. So um who wants to start with predicting the acc finish i I know me and jake have the same prediction at 11 and 9 you know they've got two more games in acc play this year than they did last year this is basically just me saying they're gonna pick up those two wins i mean they're still gonna lose nine games but they're gonna have a winning record this year they're better than last year they've got a lot of good players coming in but they're not that much better than last year yeah i've got like nicholas said i've got him at 11 9 too i think Pretty much simple for me. I'm not going to try and predict the game-by-game results because that's impossible to tell. But I think State's probably slightly above average ACC team this year, so I'll go with one game above average. Like instead of 10-10, and I'll take 11-9. and I think that's probably reasonable. I I wouldn't be surprised if they were anywhere from 9-11 and to around 12-8, and but I'll take about Um, 11-9. and That's about my thinking as well. Yeah, I'm going to go 12-8. and I think the thing here is I feel like this NC State team has a lot of depth. And there's these games in the last, you know, last year you look at especially that there's a couple of games that NC State just shouldn't have lost. You know, when yeah. you, whether it was at the end of the game, they just didn't have enough or it was a bad team that they played that they just didn't play well. Not Virginia Tech. But that is very true. But I just feel like there's enough in this team where those bad losses are going to be a little bit harder to find. 
And if you just get rid of the bad losses in the ACC, you're going to be okay. I think, you know, 12 and 8 is a is a fairly reasonable record here. Obviously, you're going to lose some games to those top yeah. 4 or 5 teams, Duke, Carolina, Virginia, Louisville. Those are going to be tough games. I feel like, you know, in terms of last year, they couldn't get that big win. I think this year they find a big win, maybe two. So, um I think 12 and 8 is pretty reasonable. I went on the upper end of things and I'm I'm definitely going to regret that, but I went with 13 and 7. Um I could see 12 and 8 as well. But I think one thing that a lot of people aren't considering is DJ Funderburk isn't going to miss a lot of time. I think he's going to be suspended for just a few games. And true. That's a good game, point. We didn't mention him yeah, at all. His game you know. is in, he, he's evolved. Yes. Um, yeah. He's going to be taking more threes. Um, and he was really great for the team last year. And he's only going to get better. Um, he is a, a draft-ready prospect, um, somebody that you know could go through the combine and impress. Um He's somebody that's going to add a lot, and I, I actually went through game by game, and I think our conference—I mean, our out-of-conference schedule this year is pretty easy. I think we'll pick up the win against Wisconsin this year. Um, <laughs> what, what about Memphis? What do you think about that Memphis, Memphis game? Memphis, I have us losing. Um, okay, that's because, fair. Because Memphis is, is really good, um, and they've completely turned around their culture there. Um, but I have the team surprising me a little bit, and I have them actually finishing twenty-two and nine overall. Okay, that's not. That's pretty. Good. Yeah, that's pretty good. I think. It's a little lofty expectations, yeah, especially. Definitely. It's. I agree with you that I don't think Thunderbird will miss too much, but I really question about how much of an example Keats is going to make. I think he would be back with the team right now if he didn't have to set an example. I think he's just going to miss a few games, and obviously this is just pure speculation yeah, on my course. end. But I, I, I honestly don't see him missing much, um, and those are games that the, the pack should be winning anyways. That's fair. Um, That's fair. Some games that he's not going to have an impact on one way or the other. NC State obviously missed the NCAA tournament last year. So we're going to predict the NCAA seed, or if you want to say NIT, go ahead with that. But I'm assuming everyone's saying NCAA this time. So uh, NCAA seed, I'm going to go the the seven seed. And it's kind of a big jump and from not making the tournament but I, I kind of want to have high expectations for this team. I want to kind of hold them a little bit higher. So they can let you down further? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then I just feel like this team is different. I feel like this team gets a couple big wins, and that's going to be the big difference here and takes care of business against the teams that it should be. Those bad losses, like that's, I said. That's what killed them. Like I said about the the record, the bad losses are going to be harder to find, and the, the big win will be there. So I feel like a seven seed, I, I think it's – they get a little bit ahead of the eight nine crowd, mm. um, finishing you know five six in the in the ACC is where I see them. So I agree with that wholly. I had um, I have them at the seven seed as well. I teetered a little bit between the seven and the eight seed, but I, I really think after going game by game, they're going to end up with the seven seed. Yeah, I, I said nine. I mean, I think usually the eight nine are those middle of the pack power five teams that like don't have the best resume, but also are probably better than some mid major. I, I think they'll get nine. Um, I don't think they'll have enough really good wins to kind of push them up to that seven range. But again, like the schedules, the opportunities will be there for them to get whatever seed they want. Yeah. They'll have plenty of games against mm-hmm. ranked teams, against teams with good net ratings. So we'll see. I, I, again, I wouldn't be surprised anywhere from seven to ten. Well, once again, I'm right in there with Jake at the nine seed. I was kind of in there between eight and nine, but the last couple of years of watching NC State basketball – have really tempered my expectations to err on the side of caution. 
Yeah, yeah, covering that Virginia Tech game last year. I, that was right. I'm glad I was not covering that, <laughs> that one. That was the worst locker room experience. I oh, can man. imagine. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about MVP. Um, I wrote in the article, I, I don't want to be cute with this one, and I'm just going to go with Markel Johnson. I think NC State's going to be able to go as far as Johnson's able to produce. And just he just makes everyone on the court better. He's able to create space by himself, but he's also able to to create space for others. So I feel, just feel like Markel Johnson is kind of the guy here. Everyone is out here stealing my predictions. I also went Markel Johnson for the exact same reason. It's pretty – this is the obvious choice. It almost feels too obvious, you know what I mean, that somebody else will get it just because they have lower expectations. I think um, I have Markel as my MVP as well, um, but I think – for um more than on the court i think off the court as well he went through yeah. the nba draft process as an early entrant i think what he's going to be able to bring to the team in terms of experience and knowledge and bringing up some of the younger point guards on the team like graham um it's really going to help benefit them and something that they can carry on to the next wave of players like cam hayes well i guess i was the lone dissenting voice i said cj bryce i think i mean he's keats most trusted player he's been with keats for four years yeah. at yeah. uncw and here um he, i think he's their most versatile guy on the wing he's a plus defender um he can shoot the three he's one he was one of their better three-point shooters last year he's only going to get better this year um Keats trusts him Keats plays in big minutes um I, I again like I don't think you can go wrong with Markel either but I think CJ Bryce when you combine his defense with his three-point shooting his rebounding too which especially towards the end of last season he took a huge step forward rebounding mm -hmm. yeah I, I think he's the most valuable player all around but I, I think him and Markel are 1A and 1B in terms yeah. of like most important to this I, team I, I could easily see it being Bryce for the sole purpose of what I said of Markel's almost the too obvious of a choice whereas even if he lives up to his expectations which are pretty high you're going to be, oh, we expected this, where C.J. Bryce is a little bit better than you expected just because the expectations are lower. So I could I could easily see that. It'll be interesting to revisit these at the end of the year. Yeah, and you look at, you know, last year, the teams that NC State played, they knew that Johnson was good. This year, it's, hey, Johnson is second team all ACC, and he has a vote for ACC Player of the Year. Good. Yeah. And that's completely different in the fact that I would not be shocked to see Bryce and Devin Daniels have huge years this year because Markel Johnson is going to be the focal point oh, of yeah. these defenses. Yeah, definitely. 100%. He'll draw the best defender for sure. All right, let's go to best win. This I think this is my favorite category of predictions just because you kind of just can pick one really good team that NC State will, will beat this year. I'm going to go Virginia, you know, national championship last year, lost a bunch of key pieces, still – you know, preseason number 11, ACC and fourth. And I just, I feel like Duke and Louisville and UNC Chapel Hill, it's, they're kind of, we'll see. I, I don't think NC State necessarily has a good shot to beat any of those three teams, but I do think the Cavaliers might be the best shot of those four. And I think NC State at least wins one of those games against those four. I'm, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit of it. I think State beats UNC at home this year. I think Bold. It, it's yeah. bold. But you look at it, and they lost some good talent, including Luke May, who always just always seemed to just go off against NC State. Yeah, for real. <laughs> it was he's the bane of NC State at this last season. I think without those guys and with the talent State's got this year, I think that game is going to be an amazing game. 
and I think they've got a real chance to steal it to the point where I'm confident putting it down as their best one. I actually agree wholeheartedly with that one. Um, yeah, I think the Mark Hill and Cole Anthony matchup. That would be fun. I think that's going to oh, be yeah. really fun, and I think that's really understated um, as a matchup. I think um, it's just going to be a game of luck at that point. Um, Mark Hill is going to create a lot of space. I would expect a big game from uh, Pat Andre um, and maybe even Thunder Burke. Um, and I just think the, that luck will go our way uh, and, in front of the home crowd. I think there's going to be, before that game, I actually don't have us losing very many games. And I think there's going to be a lot of hype built up around the team. A lot of the losses I have come after. Um, I believe we play like Duke after, and I think we play them away after. That's yeah. true. Well. The rankings could be so, pretty high for both teams. Yeah, we, play, we play Duke twice after, and we play at North Carolina. Um, so I, I, I really think that, um, and we play at Syracuse and versus Louisville right after. So I, I think that um, there will be some losses after that I'm predicting, but um, I think there will be a lot of hype going into this game. That game is just going to be – it's the timing of it. It's late January, so nothing else is really going on. So there's going to be an absolutely packed house. It's going to be just crazy atmosphere at home. It's going to be, if nothing else, an incredibly fun game. But and, I think it could. And the Daily Tar Hell would be out at that point. Oh, uh, that is true. Our Daily Tar Hell will be for that week. So true. I yeah. just think that with everything going on around that game, it's the chance to do it. Well, I went, I went non-conference with mine because I think, especially with how NC State pretty much didn't get into the tournament last year because of its non-conference schedule, I went with Wisconsin at home. Wisconsin's not great this year. They're definitely not as good as they've been in years past. Yeah. But I think a Power Five non-conference win is going to be huge, especially considering they do get to play, NC State does play at Auburn. Um, I think they'll lose that game, and they play Memphis. So the two other chances, but other than that, their non-conference schedule, it's filled with more of Detroit Mercy, Florida International, Alcorn State. Like They, <laughs> they, they, need, to, they need to beat these good these non these non conference power five schools. Game yeah, yeah, it is a yeah, revenge yeah, game, which I wrote about that. in my story that they they were leading pretty much mm-hmm. the entire game last year. Brad mm-hmm. Davison takes thirty five charges in the last two minutes of the game. <laughs> exactly. They get they Wisconsin's in the bonus. Um but yeah, it is a revenge game and I think I think NC State's gonna win. It's especially at home. It's gonna be late. I think game time was announced at nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think that's gonna be their best win in the grand scheme of things. I though I don't doubt that they'll probably beat one of the top ACC teams in the conference too. I think in the grand scheme of things that a non-conference Power 5 win is going to be the most important. I definitely the, respect that because yeah. I, I think that um, that's going to be what tells the difference between last year's team and this year's team, and I think a dominant win is something that I, I could definitely see happening. I think, yeah. I think the only thing I disagree with you about in your whole spiel there is losing to Auburn. I was at the Auburn game last year. State looked good in that yeah, game. Yeah, but it's at Auburn, and Auburn yeah. is really that's good. Gonna be scary. I think that's going to be a fun game, too. Yeah. And I think State's got a chance to win that one. I think that'll be another real good test. Oh, they definitely have a chance, yeah. I, I, I think they should absolutely be competitive in that game. A, a very similar category here, and equally as fun, is most surprising loss. I had fun with this one. And and we, we, just, kinda st- we just came up with this one today, basically. Yeah. But I'm going to go with Pittsburgh, February 29th. Um, Pittsburgh projected to finish 10th, so at least not at the bottom of the ACC. And this game falls right between UNC and Duke. It's at home, but you have UNC away and then Duke away in between. And I just feel like NC State might get caught looking forward to Duke or looking back at UNC. 
And, you know, in the ACC, if you're, you know, not one of the bottom two or three teams, I think you can win on any night. So I think this could be a kind of a trap game. We had, you know what else that game falls on? Leap year. We, it's going to be a weird one. It's true. We almost lost to them last year, yeah. um, if not for Lockett in his uh, fourth or his uh, second half heroics there. Um, he looked really good in that game, but that was the game that Markel got hurt. Um, yeah, that's true. right. Yeah, I remember that one. Was White Walker ejected? Yeah, he yeah. was ejected yeah. in like the first early. two minutes. So we were down for like yanking somebody's ankle and, and or something. We were already down um, injury wise. I, I believe somebody else missed that game. So that was the game where Lockett was able to come in and step yeah, up. So I, I could definitely see. I that. remember. That. I remember covering that. Now you mentioned that and it what, was that game. And yeah. what could be after a really emotional game against UNC, a really close emotional game. Then mm. the next game against yeah. Pittsburgh, not quite as exciting, and you're looking to Duke. I don't know. It just seems like a like a yeah. bad that, idea. That your game applies the same principle I applied to my bag loss, which is there's at least one game a year where state tends to just leave the effort on the bus. Mm-hmm. But my pick for that was at Boston College on February 16th. It's gonna be cold. It's gonna be cold. <laughs> it's gonna be cold. Boston College isn't great this year. They lost a lot of some talent, and it's just. State never fails to disappoint you at least once or twice a year. And I just look at that game, and I think that's going to be the one. They're just going to let us down. They do it every year. I went I went non-conference again as well, because I think in the ACC, for those, those middle-of-the-pack teams, I don't think there really is a surprising loss, because I think in the ACC, once you get past Duke, UNC, Louisville, and Virginia, I think pretty much anyone can beat anyone for the most part. There's mm. no... Pit team from a couple years ago that went zero and eighteen. Yeah. Um. So, so I went. Bad. I went December fifteenth at UNCG. Mm-hmm. I think they lose that. I mean, I really like that pick. Too. Yeah. I think yeah, UNCG is no, really, like really good. They're returning a lot. They're returning Isaiah Miller. He's a guard. He was preseason uh, Southern Conference Player of the Year. Very similar to to Hofstra's Justin Wright Foreman from last year. Yeah. Who torched NC State mm-hmm. in the NIT. Um. Th- that NC State and was re- rewarded with an NBA roster. Spot exactly. For it. Yeah. Ju- um. Very similar to that. I think it's at UNCG. The that it's it's a small, very small arena. The Spartans are going to fill that place up. I oh, mean, yeah. that, that's going to be one of their biggest games yeah. in the last decade. I I, I think NC State's going to struggle there, and I, I think and I don't I, I think it's going to be high scoring. I, definitely something like a hundred to ninety five or something because mm-hmm. UNCG puts up points. Um, I th- I think that's probably the most surprising loss because. They should win that game. It's almost too easy, I think, but they should. They're a better team. They're a more experienced team. But that's my most surprising See, loss. It's it's those games why I actually love non-conference. A lot of people don't like non-conference. Oh, you know, the games are boring. A lot of them are. I'll, I'll give you that. But games like that are what makes non-conference fun. It's true. I think both UNCG and Pittsburgh are really good picks. I kind of went in the the. Um same direction as Nick, though. I said um, I couldn't decide between at Syracuse or at Clemson. Both of these teams are, are not great, but we're going to have one of those, of course, losses. Uh, Syracuse is going to be looking towards their juniors. Um, Dolezal is one that's going to um, get a lot more playing time. He shot pretty well in limited playing time, 38% from deep and about 56% from the floor as a six foot ten forward. And, you know, Bayheim loves forwards like that, like Tyler Lydon a couple years ago, someone that could tear it up. Um, and I could just see uh, growth from some of their other players from last season, like Buddy Bayheim. Um, and then Clemson is bringing in a pretty good transfer class, um, as well as um, I, th- I think they got a, a transfer from Texas Tech. They're waiting on uh, Kayvon Moore. 
Um, they're waiting to hear about his eligibility, but that's a that's a great transfer pickup. I think he was a four star recruit, and um, they brought in a new assistant coach. I just think there's going to be some level of scrappiness that's going to get to state at one point. It's just going to be one of those losses because we're going to have a really great win, I think, and we're just going to have one a really bad loss. It's the NC State way. It is the NC State way. I'm I'm really excited for basketball season. That's all oh, I, I can say. Too. Yeah, especially with how football is kind of going right now. My but, my soccer yeah. stuff is all wrapping up at it's once, true. and I'm just I'm everything's going towards basketball for me. And yeah. and it'll be really interesting to see where this NC State team ends up and the big wins that it can get. But or, or the well, bad yeah, losses. Right. But speaking of winning, we're gonna transfer over to women's basketball. Oh, they're so good because this NC State women's basketball team. It's deep, it's talented, and I think there's a, a good chance that this that this team goes really far in the ACC tournament and the NCAA tournament. The first exhibition This is, is a Final Four level team. It could be. That's that's the not to put too high expectations yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, Westmore is very much about <clears throat> deflecting expectations. 100%. But if we're being one hundred percent honest, this is a final four caliber team. These Exhibition against Anderson is Thursday, October 31st, um, which will be the day that this podcast comes out. So if you're listening to it on the Thursday, make sure to go out and see that game. Wear Halloween costume, too. Right. And then the opener is at home on Wednesday, November 6th against North Carolina A&T. So, you know, fans haven't seen the team yet, but the preseason rankings have NC State at number 13 in the country. That's low, frankly. I think I think it could be, especially because NC State was predicted to be second in the ACC, and a lot of times that number two spot in the ACC is higher than yeah. thirteen. Yeah, yeah they would, should be minimum top ten. I would rather start at thirteen than be like placed too high That's and, and That's fall fair. short of what expectations are. Though I don't think the team will. See, Jake, you went out to their their practice to do some interviews. I was there some, too. Oh, you both were there. That's right. Yeah. Um, how they look during that? From um, what you saw. We didn't get to see much of their practice. They were kind of wrapping things up. Um, they looked decent. Yeah, <laughs> they they looked they put it to put it uh, very uh, the, to under the main understated. thing I noticed <laughs> was just how smooth Jakia Brown Turner looks. Yeah, I think yeah, she was the number very high number on seventeen her. recruit. Mm-hmm. Some, she was somewhere in the teens mm-hmm. um, in the country. She's a 15, freshman, I believe. Fifteen, yeah, yeah, freshman guard. Yeah, I mean, she just she looks smooth. The shot looks smooth dribbling with the ball like her handles look smooth moving around screens mm-hmm. again like Tristan said like we probably saw the last 10 to 15 minutes of it but she, she just looked like the offense I mean the offense is going to run through Kayla Ely because she's the veteran point guard but I think they're going to go three guards with Ely Brown Turner and Koenig mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I think Jakia Brown Turner is just going to be and, and Westmore made a, a point to say that he thought a lot of the, the freshmen still had a lot of work to do but that Jakia Brown Turner pretty much wasn't one of the ones that needed yeah. a lot to work yeah, to. He, he made sure to say how good she looks. Um, team's going to be great. They, they they looked really good. Um, I, yeah, I think the, as high as the expectations can be, I, I think they'll they're going to shatter whatever expectations. Mm-hmm. I think we the have. main thing I noticed was how deep they are. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a lot of people that don't get playing time, um, despite playing really well. Um, that would start on some ACC teams. Yeah. yeah. Um, one person I mentioned earlier um, to Jake was uh, Katie Wadsworth, um, sharpshooter. Um, she looked pretty good in practice from what we saw, and I'm not even sure that she'll get any playing time. Um, the team is just is really, really deep. 
Uh, and Camille that, that Hobby always... is another one that I noticed, a freshman coming in that looked pretty good, and I doubt she'll get any playing time. I, again, I don't know the rotation, but um, it's it's hard. It's going to be a really tight rotation. And that depth may not become super evident in the first month, two months of the season. Mm-hmm. Once you get into late February and like get towards March Madness, that's when that depth really starts to become apparent and really yeah. separates the deep teams from the shallow ones. One thing people are underrating, I think, about this team is we – we lost Kiara Leslie, which is obviously huge, and we lost D.D. Rogers and Armani Hawkins, but we're getting back all those players that we lost last season. There were, they yeah. were so injury-riddled at the Kayla end of last Ely, year. So Grace many. Hunter, Erica Cassell, they're all back. I mean, all three of those people were starters. Cassell was yeah, his, Cassell was playing over Kunain. Yeah. So like that shows you how good Cassell is. We talked last year about if this team was healthy, how good they could have been. And if we're saying this year that although we lost a couple pieces, that we're getting them back— we should have almost the same expectations of what 100%. It, what it could have been last oh, year. Oh yeah, and you look at the the predicted order of finish. There's the blue ribbon panel, and then the head coaches and in the ACC preseason rankings. NC State second in both, um, eight votes to finish first in the blue ribbon panel, and two in the head coaches panel. Florida State three in both, and if you look at the the preseason national rankings, Louisville was seven. And Florida State was 11, which is two spots ahead of NC State. So it seems like NC State and Florida State could be pretty close there at that 2-3 in the ACC. And the the all-ACC teams, the preseason all-ACC teams, um, Kunane was on both the Blue Ribbon and the head coaches. And then Koenig got the nod on the head coaches team, and but not the Blue Ribbon panel. So, you know, two at least two NC State players that will be competing for that first team at all-ACC and you know could be could could end could the year with more. more. Yeah. yeah, you could end the year easily with more. And I think it's pretty much a lock for uh Jaquita Jaquita hey, Brown Turner. Brown Turner, yeah. That that's her name. To make the freshman. I think she's probably a lock to yeah, make that at the end of the she's year. She's third is underrated too. Yeah. Brown Turner's third on the newcomer watch list in the ACC. So yeah, sure, that yeah. I asked uh, more earlier who he thought could kind of replace the production um, on offense of uh, Kiara and on defense of Rogers, and he he mentioned specifically Brown Turner and Boyd. So I think if you kind of fill those holes with these two freshmen coming in, and you see growth from Aislinn and and Elisa, you're you're going to see a even more improved team, if that's even possible, from the team from last year. So you know, look at the schedule, and you know you have the the season opening games mostly at home, and then you're at St. Mary's, then a nice trip to Hawaii to play Texas, Hawaii, and North Texas, and then the Big Ten ACC challenge is Maryland. Maryland's a really good team. Mm-hmm. That'll be a really interesting game there. A couple games after that, ACC play play starts at the end of December. So. Um, I think a pretty promising schedule. I don't think it's necessarily too easy for this team either. I Not think there's either. a couple challenges there, and um, but I think you know this team is is really set up to to do really well this season and and you know come away with what could have been last year. I think. Yeah, I think a pre uh, non conference schedule like that, you always want some games that are what I would say like rhythm games, the games that let you start kind of getting into the flow of it, mm-hmm. and then you got to have a couple tests to kind of prove your worth. Before you get into conference play and things get really tough, but you have to have a balance of the two. If you just have straight, super difficult games the entire preseason, yeah. mm-hmm. you're going to burn yourselves out by the end of the year. You have too many games that are too easy. You're going to go into conference play over confident and you're going to get burned. 
I was so about to say the exact the same two. thing. I'm really excited and happy that we get Texas early on because that's a really good opponent to have early on. Yeah, they've season. got they've got some good. We'll we'll get to Texas yeah, later. We'll, we'll yeah, get to Texas. they've got some really good non-conference. I mean, Texas is always good. Maryland's ranked fifth in the country right now. They get Maryland at home. And then one that's probably flying under the radar is Maine. Maine won the Atlantic 10 last year. NC State actually played Maine in the NCAA tournament. Um, and Maine gave him a good fight for, I would say, almost the entire first half. Maine is mm-hmm. a very – Westmore, before the game against Maine, spoke very highly of them. He he, he had mentioned that he would that he wanted to schedule them, so I know he's glad that came. They, they've definitely got – they'll have some good tests. I think, they'll, I think they're the best team in all their non-conference games except Maryland, but they, they'll have – they definitely won't enter ACC play not battle-tested. Yeah. I think there's a good chance they don't enter – ACC play undefeated either. I think they they're gonna take a loss in non-conference. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it's gonna be. There's a couple possibilities, but it's not gonna be the 22 and 0 start of last year. Whatever they started last yeah, year. Yeah, I think it was 21 and 0. I think they'll be yeah. better than last year, but I think it's yeah, crazy yeah. to expect like 21 yeah, and 0 to start the season. They're not gonna again. do that again. Frankly, yeah, they'll take a loss somewhere. I mean, hopefully they don't, but I think they will. I think the the predictions here about to get into were, in my opinion, a little bit more difficult than the men's because there's just like when the team's, you know, projected to be this good, it's hard to really say, like, from, you know, middle of the pack to the to being number one in the ACC or, you know, top five, top ten in the, in the country. It's kind of tough to tell where. But we're going to get into ACC record, and I'll start with 15-3. and three. And, um, you know, to only have three losses in the ACC, men's or women's, would be pretty remarkable, especially for, you know, an NC State basketball program that hasn't done that in recent years at least so i think the the depth this year nc state could really finish at the top of the acc or maybe second or third you know you have games against louisville and florida state and notre dame's always good and you know others in the acc that will definitely test nc state so i don't think you know one or maybe even two losses is you know to to expect that would be a lot but i do think 15 and three would be Pretty reasonable. You, you say two losses is a lot to expect, and you know three losses would be remarkable. I'm going for two losses. I think they go 16 and two in conference play. I think they've got tough games, sure, but I think they could beat them. They have the ability to beat Louisville. It's at home. I think even if they don't win that game, expecting them to only lose one other game isn't unrealistic. I mean, they're mm-hmm. a really good team. They're voted second in the ACC for a reason. They only play the team above them once. Them only losing two. It's not unheard of or even really that crazy to think about. Yeah, I also have them at 16-2. and two. Um, I think the Louisville game at home is something that they'll still lose. But um, I think overall they're going to be able to tear through ACC. Um, I have them at 25-4 and four overall um, with the losses, uh, the two other losses coming from Texas and Maryland. Um but like I said earlier, they're kind of replacing a lot of the production they lost in their freshman class, and then they're just going to see a lot of growth. Um, one thing I'm excited about from Kunain that I'll get into more later is she's taking more three-point attempts this season. And I you love to see. She's going to be an all-around beast. Um, if Jalen was here, he would argue with you that she is not an outside shooter, but he's not stretch here. Stretch five. So, so we, we, can, <laughs> yeah. we can ignore Jalen's opinions for she now. She definitely wasn't last season, but I think I think she's definitely worked on that. Yeah, yeah. I've got them at 14 and four. I think um, you're, I think you're going to slip up a game or two just because it happens. Uh, there's going to – no no they're not going to slide under the radar at all like they did last year. 
Um, you, it does help that you only have to play Notre Dame and Louisville each once, though mm-hmm. you do yeah. have to go to Notre Dame. You do have to go to Florida State. Yeah. Um, those are not easy games at all. No. Um, you got to go to UNC, to Duke. Um, I, I think I think they'll lose about four games. I won't try and predict which ones. But, again, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they end up going 15-3 and three or something. 16-2 and two seems... Very, I think that I think that's the the ultimate ceiling. I think yeah. that's if they perform to yeah. the absolute best night in, night out, which I think they will. No, and, I, and they I'm, have I'm worried that chance. an injury will disrupt my predictions. But, well, but here's they're the thing. deep enough this yeah. year. That, they're, they're, and, yeah, and even two injuries might not matter. Yeah, but let's the, God forbid. Let's yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're deep enough. This they're deeper than they were last year. You don't want to deal with that. Definitely but not. I think they're prepared. I think after last year, Westmore kind of went. Oh, Okay, I see what can happen. Let's not keep, do that again. Keep mentioning that freshman class. They've got what four freshmen that are really good. I believe uh, so. Yeah, four or five. Because um, something reclassified, she might she might not see the court so this we'll year. See, frankly, they have, they have and Boyd, that could be Ron part of the Turner. reason that she did reclassify. Is last year they had so many season-ending injuries. You get to the end of the year and you're playing seven players yeah, a game. Yeah, five five freshmen. So, yeah, yeah. So. I think I think there's a good chance, you know, anywhere between 14 and 16 wins, and it's it's crazy to think that 14 and four was the lowest prediction out of any of us because <laughs> yeah. four losses in the ACC is is crazy. But let's go to a NCAA seed. Um, you know, ranked so high in the preseason, they would be ranked for a four seed at the 13 spot. I'm gonna go with a three seed. I think there's a lot of great teams in the ACC, and I think there's gonna be some losses there. I know I don't think I think Louisville comes out on top of the ACC probably gets a one seed and I think the pack will be battling for that two seed with some other teams but I think overall I do I don't think they'll get having that many wins I don't think that they'll be able to escape that many losses to get a two seed so I'm gonna go three seed but I mean still even that I think that's a really good spot to be for, for I think the third fourth maybe fifth time tonight me and Jake agree on something which is rather rare but I think they're going to be a two seed. I think, yeah. You know, like I said, a sixteen. They go sixteen and two in the ACC. I think they almost push a one seed. You know, so I think they've got a two seed. Even if they go fifteen and three, I think they've got a two seed on lock almost. Yeah, I think they're going to get a two seed too. I think I think they're going to make the ACC championship mm-hmm. game, the ACC tournament championship yep. game, which will help. Um, I think they. I, I don't think they'll finish the season with more than five losses. So if they're sitting at around after the ACC tournament, if they're sitting at around 26 and five with an ACC tournament berth and maybe a win against Louisville or Notre Dame or Florida State, um, who knows about that? The Maryland game, too, that could be a top five win on their resume. Uh, yeah. I, I think it'll be hard to turn away a 26 and five ACC runner up from a top two seed or a, a top top eight seed, but a number two seed. Yeah, I have them at the two seed as well, and honestly, I think they'll make a, a Final Four push. Um, I'm I'm not gonna say that they'll make the Final Four, but I I think this is the year they get over that Sweet 16 hump. Um, that was something that was consistently brought up today. Um, by all three people I talked to, I talked to Ace, I talked to Elisa, and I talked to Westmore. Um, and I think that that's something that they've really emphasized that they want to get over. Um, and I think the Elite Eight is almost their floor this season. I think there's a really good chance that. They get to the elite eight just with how they're where they're at right now, and I think, you know, final four you, in the NCAA tournament, you lose one, and you're out. So I feel like, even to say in one of the top teams, one of the top four or five teams in the country right now, to say that you know final four should be expected would be insane. Just mm-hmm. because yeah, the NCAA yeah. tournament's not like that. You yeah, you can't as much as you want to be like, and I even said you know they're a final four team. 
they are. They're a Final Four caliber team. Whether they get to the Final Four or yeah. not, that's a big question mark because we've always seen it in the NCAA tournament. Literally anything can happen. All right, let's go to MVP. I'm going to go Jakia Brown-Turner. Um, you know, freshman coming in, 15th ranked in the country. And, you know, we've talked about Westmore and what he's said about her. And, you know, I feel like you you know what you're going to get from Kunain and some of the other players that are returning. But I feel like Brown-Turner, just even despite being one of the you know best recruits and the best recruit in NC State, I feel like she's still going to surprise some people and really show what, what she can do and, you know, get the ball to the playmate to the other playmakers and she's definitely going to be one of them so i think she comes out as mvp of the team um i went i went with ace koenig i think similar to cj bryce with kevin keats koenig is hands down westmore's most trusted player she mm-hmm. played uh w- once the injuries piled up she played nearly 40 minutes a game last year she just she doesn't leave the court she's the heart and soul of the team and just something that she said after the iowa sweet 16 loss last year really stuck with me she was pretty, I mean, she was pretty down, of course, the season ended, but she said, we have unfinished business. And how good we were this year, we're not done. And I think she's the heart and soul of the team. The team revolves around her. She, she's top 10 in, or she's, I think she only needs a handful of threes to be top 10 in, in ACC history and three-pointers made. That's she's, crazy. Yeah. She, she's been a stalwart for all three years, going into her fourth year, her senior year. I think she's going to will this team as far as she possibly can. I think for me, between the predictions for the men's team and the predictions for the women's team, this one was the hardest because there's just so many players on this team that could you could genuinely make a case for. I don't know who Tristan's pick is, but the fact that Camden, Jake, and me, I know for a fact, all picked different people. I picked Kanane, by the way. It speaks to that. There's You can make a case for nearly the entire starting five to be the MVP of this team this season. And maybe and, even a sixth, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Because like, like, there's just crazy. so many players in this team that can make a huge impact. But for me, it's Kanane. I I went through and I was editing Jake's article. So if you want to read a really good feature on Kanane, look out for Jake's on Thursday in the paper. But he had a lot of stats in there that all started from that Florida State game where she finally kind of took over because of the injury to Cassell, right? Yep. When she took over to, from for the injured Cassell... Her stats from that point on were absurd. I forget the exact numbers, but it was something like close to 20 points a game. I think it was 17, right over 17.4 points and 8.6 rebounds per game. Yeah, just something crazy. She was playing like an insane amount of minutes. I mm. think that only continues, like Tristan said. She's been working on her three-point game over the summer. She brings that in. The it's There's nothing stopping her, I think. You know, there will be double teams coming her way this year. But she proved last year, I think it was against Louisville, she played against an absolutely amazing forward and put up, like, 20 points on her. Yeah, Sam Fearing. Yeah. She was yeah, all ACC right. tournament That was team. a battle. And, you know, Kanan puts up 20 points on her. I don't know how much a double team is going to stop her, frankly. And, and the thing is... Can you double team her on this team? No, no, you can't. Because you can't leave anyone else. No, she she brought that. She brought that up earlier. Uh, There are so many shooters on this team. Uh, You mentioned Ace, uh, knockdown three point shooter, and you have so many on the team, not just Ace. Um, And it goes all the way down the roster, and you you just can't leave somebody open. She's not going to get doubled. Um, And and if she does, it'll be it'll be their mistake. And and when she doesn't. It, it'll be also their mistake because yeah. she's yeah. going to put up it's, 30. And it's, yeah. Yeah. it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, You double-team her, Ace <laughs> is going to knock down a three. You don't double-team her, she's going to put you to work in the paint. Exactly. 
Yeah, my my MVP is also Kunane. Um I thought Ace was a good choice. Um, and I think Ely, I was pretty close about choosing as well. But Kunane is just going to evolve her game so much. She's talked so much about how she's working on her three-point shot and how much she's been in the weight room. I think she's just going to dominate again this year. And, and last year... It was mentioned that, you know, she came uh, in as kind of a surprise, a freshman, and teams maybe didn't have scouting reports, didn't have everything available on Kunane. But I still think she's going to dominate. And, and like you said, um, if you double her, you're in danger. If you don't, you're in danger. Um, yeah. And I think she's going to get a lot of good matchups this season. Um, one I'm looking forward to is uh, against Chapel Hill, Janelle Bailey, who won um, Freshman of the Year, ACC Freshman of the Year in 2018, I believe. Um, I think just these kinds of matchups that she's actually going to win are going to cement her as um, what puts this team over the top. And what I think what's crazy is we just all talked about our MVPs. We didn't even mention Grace Hunter, who was leading no. the team in scoring last no. year when she got hurt. She was yeah. averaging 14 well, points and seven I, rebounds I think, per game. I think the main thing that kept any of us away from that is we don't know when she's coming back. Yeah. I, I think she's expected to be ready by the start. Of the Erica Cassell yeah. won't be. She won't be ready yeah. to ACC mm-hmm. play probably. Mm-hmm. But Grace Hunter should. But even then, be ready coming off an injury like that, oh, yeah. you're always kind of worried about it. Yeah. But, but I think that just shows again how yeah. deep the team is. Th- this team is the second five on this team could probably put together a pretty solid ACC campaign. Frankly, that's, that's true. Definitely. All right, let's go to best win. Always love this category. I'm gonna go Florida State. I don't think Louisville is a win. You know, I disagree. I, I just think that. Louisville, I think Florida State and Louisville and NC State will be really close for a lot of the season. I think Louisville pulls away at the end in terms of ACC rankings. And I think that Florida State is probably going to be the next best opponent. And I think NC State wins that game. I think, you know, that's going to be one of the reasons that they're going to come out with a two or a three seed in the tournament is because that Florida State win. And NC State can beat anyone. And I'm not saying that they definitely won't beat Louisville, but. I think that there's a better chance that Florida State is is going to be a win there. In my 16 and two prediction, I kind of went game by game, kind of didn't. My thoughts was my thoughts were they probably lose to Florida State on the road. They probably beat them at home. Maybe I could see that also losing. I could see my projected best win as a loss, but I think they've got it. In the, I think they've got the ability to win this game. And I think they will. I think they beat Louisville. I think my my second loss in that prediction is just a a fluke somewhere. I think they have at least one of those this season. But I think Louisville at home, the people talk about it. Reynolds is a hard place to go. Mm-hmm. Going to Reynolds is not easy. Teams will struggle there. And I think against Louisville, it's going to be a really hyped up game. I just think the pack puts together probably their best game of the season in that game and gets the job done. Mm-hmm. I can easily see it happen. I can see Westmore working some more magic. Yeah, so I, I went with, um, I think, Maryland at home, December 5th in you're, Reynolds. You're loving the out-of-conference in these projections. Again, <laughs> like I, I think out-of-conference, big out-of-conference wins way more than mm. big in-conference oh, no, wins. I, 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 but, um, I, I like your thinking with and it. Maryland right now is the top-ranked team they're going to play, like preseason-wise. Mm-hmm. Maryland's mm-hmm. ranked number 5th in the ESPNW preseason top 25. Um, they're projected to run away with the Big Ten. They're going to Reynolds. I was at the game two seasons ago it was the round of 32 game uh maryland was actually uh number five nc state was number four nc state won and something Wes Moore said has also stuck with me he mentioned just how much he thinks there's no way they win that game if it's not in reynolds just with the crowd behind it i think this will be their first big home game of the season and their first for a while too after this because they have some 
weaker opponents after this. I think it's right before exam starts, so the place will be sold out. I think this will be their biggest win. You and I both mentioned Reynolds there. I think it's something, it doesn't really matter what sport it is. I think it's something undermentioned. It's a, it's difficult to come to state and play almost no matter what sport it is. I mean, you look at Dale Soccer Field last season and C State Men's Soccer went undefeated. Reynolds is a hard place to go. PNC is a pretty hard place to go. Carter Finley's not an easy, it's probably not as hard as any of those places, but it's not an easy place to go. Mm-hmm. State's got good fans. It's a hard place They've got to crazy fans. Uh, exactly. It's a hard place to go to. Mm-hmm. And come away with a win, which is why I think you see State, no matter the sport, come away with big home wins year in and mm-hmm. year out. Because it's just, it's hard to play at State. Um, my best win is at Notre Dame. Um, That'll be a hard one. It'll be a very difficult one. But after last season, um, we all felt confident about this team. And we, we knew Notre Dame was going to be really difficult. They had a, had a great team, Jackie Young and Enrique both of whom went in the first round of the WNBA draft. Jackie Young went number one overall. Um, but Notre Dame lost both of those players, and they only <coughs> have five upperclassmen on their entire roster, not many returners on the team. Uh, I don't think that they have as much consistency as they'd like. I don't think they're going to be a bad team, obviously. They're still going to be really good. I still think that um, playing at Notre Dame is difficult, but I think this is going to be somewhat of a redemption for that 30-point that loss that we suffered last season. I think that will kind of mark what is different. Um, similar, I mentioned men's basketball uh, winning uh, versus Wisconsin would mark the difference between those two teams. I think this will mark the difference between these two teams and what will push them ultimately further. All right, real quickly, most surprising loss. I'm going to go Miami. That's on February 20th. The thing with Miami is that it's between four home games. So they're at home for two at Miami. And then you got the play for K game and another game at home. So, you know, kind of one of those things where they might be ready to get back home. You know, didn't really want to leave in the first place. But, you know, I I think Miami's always going to be a tough place to play. Any road game in the ACC is going to be tough. So I feel like you could almost pick any any road game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... Miami was projected to finish at number nine in the ACC. Or I'm sorry, that's um, that's men's. Let me get women's. Real oh, quick. Miami's pretty good. I think they Miami is yeah. fourth. Yeah. So or fourth in one, fifth in the other. I think for the most part, um, this women's team takes care of business, and that's the thing is I I don't see them really slipping up against any of the bottom half of the ACC teams. So I feel like it's their their you know worst loss or you know most shocking loss is going to come between. You know, Notre Dame, Miami, Syracuse, Duke, you know, Clemson, somewhere in that range, because I don't think, um, you know, North Carolina to Wake Forest, those rankings 9 to 15 are going to really put up much of a challenge. Yeah, mine kind of plays off yours, Camden, in that if yours is right, I'm changing mine. But I think Duke, February 24th, four days after the Miami game, I think that's going to be the game lose. It's the play play for K game again, so they Mm -hmm. would lose it for the second year in a row. But I think they're going to... I think they beat Miami in Coral Gables, and I think mm. coming off the high of what I mean, that's going to be a huge win if they mm. win that. I think they suffer a little letdown against Duke because Duke will be fired up. I mean, Duke is one of those teams where in in women's basketball the last couple of years their record hasn't been great, but no. they pretty much play every team close. Mm-hmm. Like, their coaching is really great. Yeah. Uh, Dustin Pinellas is their coach. He's brilliant. I, yeah. I got to speak with him. He's he's a really great basketball mind. Yeah, Duke, like Duke always they they're always gonna, they're a well coached team. They always play. Up to their opponents too. Mm-hmm. I could see NC State that being a little letdown game, mm-hmm. but again, I hate predicting this because I I really don't think this team's going to lose a game it shouldn't lose. 
See, for me, I said we'd get to Texas in this show, and we're getting to Texas. State goes to Hawaii to play three games. They play Texas, Hawaii, and I forget who the third game is on the top of my North head. North Texas, I think. Is it North Texas? Yes. Okay. I think they lose the first of those. People always talk about how difficult it is to go to Hawaii and play Hawaii, but Hawaii is the second game. I think by the second game, they'll be a little more settled. But this Texas game is against a good team. I think both teams will kind of have that, oh, you know, we just arrived in Hawaii thing. So I think it's going to be a bit of a crapshoot, and I think that's a real toss. That game becomes a literal mm-hmm. toss-up. I think that they could win that game, they could lose that game. I could really see it going either way, but I think this is their their out of conference slip up is Texas. And Texas is currently fifteenth in the the rankings for preseason yeah. nationally. So I mean they're a good team, and yeah. that's going to be a tough game, especially with both teams. You know, first game to Hawaii. They're, so. they're a good team, but I think it's one that a lot of people expect State to win. Mm-hmm. But I think with it being that first game in Hawaii, it's just that's one that could go really any which way. With myself only predicting four losses, it's kind of hard to see a surprising loss. Um, that being said, I'm going to say versus Florida State. I have us losing against uh, Maryland and Texas and Louisville, but I don't really think any of those pop off as surprising. Florida State is at home, and they are bringing back – uh, more than what people think. They're bringing back a pretty good playmaker in Wolfolk who had over 70 assists last season, and that number is only going to go up. And um, they're bringing back their leading scorer who averaged, I want to say, like 16.2 points per game. Uh, I'm not sure on the exact number there, but um, the reason I say it's surprising is um, this comes actually right after what I predicted to be the best win at Notre Dame. I think they'll be really amped up, and it'll just kind of be like a pop in the mouth, um, set them back to reality. Yeah, I, I like that. I was at um, the Florida State game in the ACC tournament last year, and that was a dogfight. Florida mm-hmm. State's a really good team. They were winning after the first quarter. Um, I, I think I, I like that. Wolfork's really good. Um, Kia Gillespie. Is mm, yeah awesome. Yeah. She can just shoot lights out. She actually, I think the only reason NC State won that game was because she had a pretty bad game by her standards. Yeah. But I, I, I think they'll probably drop that game too. I think Florida State's a really good team. Yeah, I think they'll underestimate them. So we've been going for an hour, and it's and it's pretty cool because I feel like we could go for a little longer just because I feel like the excitement behind both teams is so high, and that I think Wes Moore and Kevin Keats both have their respective teams at a really good spot right now. And I think there's a lot behind both of these teams, a lot of depth as well. I think the thing that a lot of people understand about Kevin Keats and Wes Moore, but is something that's kind of underrated for a lot of coaches is they're loved by their team. And not only their team, they're loved by everyone on state's campus. I think you'd be very hard pressed to find anyone that goes to state, works to stay as a state fan that has almost anything negative to say about Kevin Keats or Wes Moore. People just love them. And there's like an X factor there when, when players want to play for that coach, there's something that's a little bit extra that gets given, and I think both these teams have that little bit extra. And not necessarily a knock to you know the football team and the football program, but it, this year hasn't quite lived up to its past years, mostly because lost a lot of players on football last year. So I think a lot of fans are looking to basketball, you know, right now ah, and will be in yeah. the next couple of weeks, and saying you know the both these teams have a chance to do some really cool things and. You know, it'll be fun to watch, and then you know through March, and mm-hmm. it'll be a fun season. It if sure nothing will. else, it for sure, sure will. Most fun that I can remember in in recent years. Yeah, so I'm excited to cover them and, and go to them as fans and and all that stuff. So, 
I think that's all we got for you guys on for basketball right now. You know, we'll probably come back in, in a week or two with another one with the season starting. But um, until then, make sure to look out for all of our Basketball Red content in the paper. Pick that up on campus, online, technicianonline.com, and on Twitter, at Tech Sports. So please, please, please go check all that stuff out. We worked really hard on all that. But I'm your host, Technician Sports Editor Camden Spate. I'm Assistant Sports Editor Jake Cacavaro. I'm Assistant Sports Editor Nicholas Schnecker. And I'm Staff Writer Tristan Tucker. And we'll see you guys next time.